Hello, I'm Mike Browning. Welcome to Let God Speak. Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery in Egypt. Through divine intervention, Joseph became prime minister of Egypt. A terrible famine followed and his brothers turned up to buy grain. If you open your Bibles today, folks, we'll see how Joseph deals with his brothers. Well, folks, on our panel today, we have Stephen Groom and John Cosmire. Mm. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here today to minister with Pleasure. us. Pleasure. Thank you. Um, and we'd like to invite everyone to join us in prayer before we open the scripture. Father in heaven, we thank you for the amazing story of Joseph that we're going to read today and talk about. I pray that we'll gain something from this that will open our understanding of how you work in our lives too. May your spirit guide us, we pray, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the background to our story today, folks, is that the Pharaoh of Egypt had a dream, obviously a very significant dream, and God inspired certain sequence of events um, so that uh, Joseph was called from the dungeon where he'd spent a, a couple of years languishing, and he was called to interpret Pharaoh's dream, which is quite remarkable. So the question is, what sort of a dream did Pharaoh have, John, that inspired him to call a man out of the dungeon, a slave out of the dungeon, to interpret it for him? Genesis 41, verse 28, says, This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Mm -hmm. So here Joseph was called out of the prison and he starts telling Pharaoh what Pharaoh himself is going to do. Yeah. Okay. So and so it's very much a prophetic vision. That's the point, isn't it? Mm. It's a prophetic dream that he had and he didn't just have it once, which is really interesting. Um, reading on in Genesis 41, you read verse 28, reading verse 29 now. Indeed, Daniel, uh, Joseph goes on, Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them, seven years of famine will arise. So it was going to get very serious. And all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt for the famine will deplete the land. It was going to be serious. I mean, this was really serious, Stephen. Yes. Oh, yeah, very serious. Mm. I mean, if um, Egypt was going to be in famine, which means the Nile River would be dried up mm. somewhat, it means all the surrounding nations would be in serious trouble as well. And as it turned out, only Egypt knew about it. And so, um, but God was using this event, being omniscient, knowing mm -hmm. everything, to preserve life everywhere and, and also reconcile um, Israel. Yeah. So he, God was using this so that um, Jacob and his children would be reconciled with Joseph. Yeah, that was a fantastic thing, wasn't it? Um, so Joseph delivers the news about interprets the dream. Uh, question is, did he only have bad news to tell? Like the famine, that's the thing. He didn't. Just have bad news, you mean? Because <laughs> when God gives a dream, he also has an answer. Yeah. And so here in verse 34, let Pharaoh do this 
and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And then verse 37, so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. Mm. They didn't realize that when this man was giving a vision, he was also was going to be the solution to the problem. Okay, and that was the next step, wasn't it, Stephen? Yes, and we find that in, in verses 38 to 40. And it says that, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is a spirit of God? And so um, I believe today we would call it a cabinet meeting. So mm. Joe, um, the Pharaoh was speaking with his servants and they decided... Um, in the next verse, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I, the Pharaoh, be greater than you. Mm. And this is absolutely amazing because this man, Joseph, he was a slave. Yeah. And he went from a slave in prison in one day to becoming um, the second ruler in the ki in the kingdom, that's amazing. It is. It's in it's a, it's incredible actually that this was done. It has to have been an act of God. This was a miracle, wasn't it? Yeah, and and it wasn't because he he interpreted the dream and he knew what it was. It was because he he had given a solution to the problem to Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really fantastic. But from from Pharaoh's point of view, wasn't he taking a bit of a risk here, John? From last week's lesson, we learnt that Joseph was a man of dreams and that dream was to prepare Egypt for what was happening. But the Pharaoh had learnt about Joseph from a man who had been helped by a dream that he had that Joseph interpreted as well. Okay. So Pharaoh had done his due diligence to make sure that he got a man who knew what he was talking about. Yes. And of course, Pharaoh's own observation was this is a man in whom the spirit of God is. Yes. Well, and and remember that it wasn't only the, the butler that mm. had the dream, but the baker had had it as well. That's right. So there were a whole series of dreams. Mm. And when he looked around at his counsellors, none of them could have given him the answer to what his dream was. Yeah. But here was a barbaric <laughs> it was incredible. Prisoner. Um, yeah. Giving him the dream from a God that he didn't even know anything about. OK, so the story went on. Joseph becomes the equivalent of prime minister, shall we say, of Egypt. And he starts collecting the grain, as he himself had recommended, in the years of plenty. And in fact, they, they actually stored up so much grain, they lost count of how much they had. Yes. They counted it to start with, but then it just got out of hand. They couldn't, <laughs> couldn't keep account. Um, then, of course, after the seven years of plenty, there were seven years of famine and the famine followed and it was very severe. Up in Canaan, where Joseph's family lived, um, it was very bad there as well. Uh, until finally, Jacob, Joseph's father, realised that when he heard that there was grain in Egypt, we're going to have to go down there and buy some. So he sent his boys down there. And this is where the story gets very personal. If we look at chapter 42 of Genesis and verse 1, it describes this family dynamic that went on. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, 
Why do you look at one another? They didn't know what to do about it. And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may live and not die. So that's how serious it was. So Joseph's 10 brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. And they appeared before Joseph to buy this grain, Stephen. What happened? (laughs) Here we see uh, what's about to happen is a fulfillment of what was given as a dream to Joseph 20 years earlier. If we go to chapter 37 and verse uh, 7, 8, um, Joseph had a dream where these sheaves of grain bowed down to him and which um, brought about the hatred of his brothers towards Joseph mm, in the first they were, place. They were not happy. But here in, in verse 6, 20 years later, Joseph is now um, second in charge of all of Egypt and being governor over the land, it says, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth, just as Joseph had dreamed all those years Mm. ago, given to him by God, and which we finally see why those dreams were given to him. Yeah, fantastic. So what did Joseph do with his brothers (laughs) right there in his power, right? Well, this is where it becomes a funny story because these men have come to buy grain and they find themselves in prison. And they were there for three days, three days in the Egyptian prison. But, but let me just bring in a point here that um, eventually becomes a prophetic key to other prophecies in the Bible. How long had Joseph been put in prison? How long? For three years. Mm-hmm. And now Same he has put his brothers into prison for three days and the Bible establishes a year-day principle. It does. So God uses a day Mm. as a prophetic year. Could that be connected to Jesus' prophetic ministry? Oh, absolutely. Just over three days. Yeah, Yeah. good point. Mm. Um, Stephen, they must have done some serious thinking about their lives sitting in jail for three days, not knowing it was only going to be three days, don't forget. Yes. So what do you suppose they were thinking and talking about? Well... We don't have to guess, do we? Um, No, we don't. (laughs) Verse 21 21 says, And then they said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us. So we see here that, you know, their conscience obviously played on them again. And they're thinking back to the sins they've committed to Joseph. Mm. And they feel a bit of karma here, if I can use that word, a bit of... (laughs) justice Mm. um, being played out that they thought they're in Um, and we would not hear therefore this distress has come upon us so they feel their suffering for what they had done previously yeah yeah no that's really interesting thank you and uh, such an insight into um, what it means to reflect on our lives sometimes we get put in a position like them where you can't avoid it Um, however Times when we do a bit, let's put, let's make this personal, John, when there are times when we think about our own lives and have defining moments, um, what can we do about it, John? And we realise that we indeed have made some mistakes. This is where God comes in, Mike. Mm. When you read Romans chapter 5, and you've got to remember that he was a murderer making a statement about his God that he had found mm. and that he needed to be forgiven, Mm -hmm. 
he wrote these amazing words in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrated his love toward me that while I was murdering, Christ had died for me. Doesn't it say us in the text? It says quite a few different things in the text, but here's Paul talking to this situation personally now. And when you go to verse 10, it says, for if when we were enemies, like he was when he was murdering the Christians at that time, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so when we forgive others, even as God has forgiven us, mm. then reconciliation takes place. Yeah, okay. so and sometimes we're a bit harder on ourselves than God is. I mean, Paul was always grieved at what he did to Stephen. And, mm. um, you know, he says, I'm the least of the apostles because I persecuted the people yes. of God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. It's sometimes hard to let yourself off the hook. But yes, God does forgive more freely than we forgive ourselves. That's so true. Okay, so back to the story. Joseph let them go. Um, It's interesting. He kept Simeon in Egypt. They thought of him him as a hostage, no doubt, the the rest of the family. And uh, he instructed them, Joseph instructed his brothers when they left to make sure when they come again, uh, because he knew the famine would go for seven years, when you come again, make sure you bring your young brother Benjamin. And uh, that's very significant because um, Benjamin and Joseph were full brothers, whereas the others were only half brothers, mm. which gave us an interesting background here. So when they got back home and they told their father Jacob, how did he feel about Benjamin going to, down to Egypt? Well, verse 36 tells us the answer. It says, And Jacob their father said to them, You have bereaved me. Joseph is no more, according to his thinking. Um, Simeon is no more, which wasn't true. He was just held in the, in the mm. jail for the time. And you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. So he was very unpleased about Fairly that. Very upset by it. Yeah. And unfortunately, he held Benjamin above the other brothers, didn't he? Mm, he did. Yeah. He still had favourites. He did. But the point came, the time came, um, still in chapter 43, verse 12, when yes. they had to go back. Yes. 43, yeah. verse 12. They said, take double money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of the sacks. This is because Joseph had put their money back in the sacks that should have been kept. So they were worried about that as well, that the Egyptians think they'd been cheating them. Um, Perhaps it was an oversight. Take your brother also and arise, go back to the man. So basically because of running out of food, they had no alternative but to go back and take Benjamin, but I'm sure if they had been relieved of, of it, maybe they wouldn't have had to take him. No, maybe. Anyhow, so they go down to Egypt, Benjamin with them this time, and still in chapter 43 and verse 16, um, we read that when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, uh, he said to the steward of his house, take these men to my home, slaughter an animal, make it ready. Um, they were going to have a banquet. These men will dine with me at noon. So he wanted them to have the midday meal with him. Um, How did the brothers feel about this invitation? They would have been terrified. (laughs) I think you're right. I mean, they weren't used to eating in the the presence of kings. And, And when you read verse 24, 
uh, 23, <laughs> the man who had taken them there, the servant said, but he said, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. And then he brought Simeon out to them. From the prison, yes. So how confused were these brothers? <laughs> yes. They'd been put in prison. They were given a meal. Mm. Now their money was in, that they'd uh, used to buy the stuff had, was given back to them. And now mm. Simeon turns up. And the whole I think if the together. three of us had been there, we would have been looking at each other saying, what is yeah. going on? And, and is, mm. wasn't that an unusual confession from an Egyptian who didn't worship the same God? Where, did he, learn, where did he learn that? That's yeah. right. Joseph was sharing the good news. There's no question about that. Yes. But those there, brothers wouldn't have known about Joseph's um, yeah. rise in, in the Egyptian. No, and so the Egyptians did it to them and they all had a straight face. They did. They were obviously all in on the roost, you know. They knew what was going on. And I expect they were watching with a great deal of interest the whole whole thing. Oh, the tech brings that out. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, So how did Joseph treat Benjamin, Stephen? Um, uh, Verse 29 and 30, Mm -hmm. it says, Then he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Mm. So he calls him his son. Yeah. And that's quite unusual. Mm-hmm. But he, he showed a lot of attention to Benjamin, of course, which would have confused the brothers, I think. Mm, I'm sure you But right. it confirmed their story, remember, because Joseph initially said that they were lying and they were spies. So bringing the brother confirmed their story and they would have felt mm. safer, I suppose. Remember that Benjamin did not have a mother. And so Joseph was here taking the place of Rachel. That's true. Yes. Okay. Look, we've got to move right along here, folks. Um, Verse 30. Verse 30. Five times more food than the other brothers. Okay. Well, we're coming to that. Um, We ought to read verse 34 there, um, which is what you just mentioned. He took servings. This is Joseph to them from before him. But Benjamin's serving was five times as much as any of theirs. So they drank and were merry with him. Apparently it didn't seem to bother them. Why was Benjamin given more than the others? Why did Joseph do this? Well, he was his brother. And he gave Benjamin special treatment, testing whether the attitude of the brothers were, was to Benjamin the same as what it had been to Joseph. Yes. And he discovered that was not the case. That's right. The jealousy in them that was driving them before seems to have That's gone. all gone. Yeah. yeah. And now they rejoiced with him. Didn't yeah, they? that's right. And so they were very happy about what was happening. Yeah. So this was a big step for these brothers. Um, but Joseph still wanted to be totally sure about the fact that his brothers had changed. So as only Joseph could do, he put together a simple but very effective plan. So what did he do, Stephen? Well, chapter 44 and verses 1 and 2 says that um, he commanded the stewards, that's Joseph, commanded the stewards of the house saying, fill the men's sack with food um, as much as they can carry. And once again, put each man's money back in the mouth of his sack. Here's the thing, though. He said, also put my cup, the silver cup in the mouth of the sack of the youngest and his grain money. 
And then we find later, after they've left, he sends his steward to capture them and uh, blame one of them for stealing. Okay, and that's in chapter 44, verse 12. Yes. When, when the steward arrived there, I overtook them as they were traveling. He searched. He began with the oldest and left off with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack, as you've pointed out. Then they tore their clothes and each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. Um, so, so they were being tested to see yeah. how they would um, relate to Benjamin, if they, they would were, change from their, how they related to Joseph. And of course, they're all disheartened now. And so they, you can imagine them all crestfallen and discouraged, heading back into um, back down towards Egypt. What do you think of, Joseph, of Judas? Sorry, Judas' response. The oldest boy, Genesis 44, verse 16, John, um, it says, Judah said to Joseph, what shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? How shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants, which was an interesting statement. Here we are, my Lord slaves, both we and he also with whom the cup was found. Um, so that was an amazing response. What do you think about it? Judah's response there. Well, Joseph could understand every word that they were saying. Yes. Yes. And when they related it back to the way that they had treated Joseph, yeah. he would have realised that, that his brothers were changed. Yeah. They were no longer doing this. <clears throat> they were ready for forgiveness. Okay, now that's true. They'd made a, a, there was a huge change. Um, Judah must have thought it through um, after he made that statement about let's all be slaves, he must have thought it through. After a little while, he came back to Joseph again. And if chapter 44, verse 33, it says, Now, therefore, please let your servant, that's him, Judah, remain instead of the lad as a slave to my Lord and let the lad go up with his brothers. So what do you think of Judah's act there? John, that was pretty remarkable. Yes, it would have really cemented in Joseph's mind just exactly what he was hoping for. Yeah. And so here in verse 30 of chapter 44, reading from the New King James Version, it says here, Now therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the lad is not with us here, since his life is bound up, in the lad's life, it will happen when he sees that the lad is not with us, that he will die. So your servant will bring down the grey hair of your servant, our father with sorrow to the grave. Yeah. And, and this is where he said, I don't want that to happen. I will take Benjamin's place. Mm -hmm. Let mm. him go back to his father. It was a beautiful act of love. Um, Stephen, when you think about it, how does this act of love on Judah's part um, help us to understand what Jesus did for us yeah. in becoming, uh, taking our place. Yes, it illustrates something of the cost of having, of paying the penalty for another's life. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to read from Romans chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. You know, we would give our life maybe to someone we like, but yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Verse 8. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. Therefore, it shows the... Something the, of the cost. Huh? Yes. Yeah, no, it's really quite amazing. Um, okay, so back to the story of Joseph again. Joseph is so overcome by Judah saying this, he just can't 
do anything else. So what did he do next, John? He broke down. <laughs> He'd already got run away twice mm-hmm. and prayed in his room, but now he did it in front of all of his brothers. And you imagine the shock horror mm. of them seeing a Pharaoh crying mm. and then saying, you are my brothers. Mm. Talk about dramatic moments <laughs> in the Bible. Mm. I mean, this, this was one of the greatest. And just like Jesus wept, mm. here we have Joseph weeping. Yes. Yeah, no, it's an amazing story, all right. So um, how did the brothers react when Joseph wept before them and revealed himself and said, I'm Joseph? Yeah, um, I, I'm so, I get so emotional every time yeah. I read this. I, yeah. I mean, you could just imagine the tenseness when Joseph reveals his identity yeah. at that time, the most powerful man in the world to his brothers, they said nothing. They must have been stunned. You can imagine what's going through their minds. Mm. This is the most powerful man in the world. Look what we did to him 20 years ago. Is he going to kill us? Will he forgive us? I could just imagine. But um, it, they were just too stunned. They didn't respond. In fact, um, Joseph had to repeat this statement twice. He says it in verse 3, I am Joseph. Does my brother, father still live? And then for, uh, towards the end of verse 4, he says, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. So he had to repeat his question to try and get a response. He had to clarify. He was the one that I'm the one you sold. But yeah. you could imagine the look on their faces as they're just trying to grasp what, yes. what's happening. It would have shocked the living donors out of them. And it did indeed. Um, it was so unexpected. But this man is Joseph. So God was really speaking to these men. Um, so what did Joseph do, John? He looked at them and said, God has allowed this to happen. Yeah. Because Egypt needed saving. Yes. You needed saving. The whole world needed saving. So what you did actually was to be part of God's plan of saving Egypt and the world and yourselves. Amazing act of forgiveness, in fact. So what an attitude for a man to have. Yeah. That he took it back to Mm. where you did what was wrong but God made it into something. And Joseph recognised the workings of God. That's so amazing. And through that, he was able to forgive them. Okay, so um, it was a terrible thing that was done to him. You can't imagine anything worse than being sold as a slave. And he was only a boy at that time. Um, And through, despite that, you know, he must have thought, how can anything good come out of this? But look at it. Yes. Look at what God did. Um, And I actually like to read the words in verse 5 of chapter 45. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, he says, because you sold me here. God sent me before you to preserve life. Mm. It was a beautiful picture that he's giving us here. And then in verse eight, so now it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made, has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of his house and a ruler throughout all Egypt. Mm. And I think, wow. God is so amazing what he can do. Well, folks, we're going to have to finish up right there. Um, Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. This story speaks to us, you know, in several ways. Firstly, we can be forgiven no matter what we have done. That's the first thing. Secondly, by God's grace, we can forgive others for what they have done wrong to us. And then finally, God can bring something good out of the worst situation, even if it takes a miracle. Well, folks, we're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. If you want to watch this program again or access the teacher's notes, 
please use our website 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can email us if you would like. Join us next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.